Hey, Education Heroes! Coming up on Celebration Episode 2, you're going to hear what a 4-year-old and 7-year-old really like about school. You're also going to hear how a bacon fire helped many students with their math skills. Stay tuned. Roll that intro with those crazy cool kids. This is a Holding On To Learning LLC production. Woo! The ideas expressed on this show are not the views of their employer. Besides, if you really want to take advice from this guy, well, you should probably do it at your own risk. You're going to love the exhausted educator Class <laughs> is in session. Here's the short ball dude from the exhausted educator show. What is going on, education heroes? You have stumbled onto the exhausted educator show. I'm so incredibly sorry. But hey, before you bolt out the podcast door, let me at least hit you with some info that came in from Education Land. So we had a call to action. Well, that kind of sounds pretty aggressive. I really wouldn't say it was a call to action. More like we asked if you could give us some ideas on how you're recharging your educational battery. And wouldn't you know it, we actually got some responses. Go figure. Thank you. So from those of you who out there who, who figured out our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Exhaust Educator, no E at the beginning, we've, heard, we've jotted down some of your comments. Now, we weren't able to get to all of them, and we weren't able to share all of them, but we're going to share some of them. And we would love to hear more from all of you in the future. This is something we'd like to keep going back to. So let me share a couple. So coming from Jessica on Facebook, Spending time with her son and working on her physical and mental health because it's been a rough year. That's how she's been uh, helping to recharge her educational battery. Thank you, Jessica, for sharing that. And it's understandable. It's been a rough year. It's been a rough year and a half. And uh, for you to be able to take some time with your family is super, super important. Christine comes in with yoga. Hmm. She says she particularly likes to do the yoga outside when possible, and she's making it a physical, it's making a priority to uh, focus on her physical and mental health, which makes a whole lot of sense. Good for you. I'm sensing a trend, right? And I, I'm not really surprised. You know, you got to take care of yourself. I hope you are, and it's easier said than done. You know, it's interesting. Yoga is a great way to recharge your educational battery. You might even say, you could stretch out the summer. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> Sorry, that was really bad. No more dad jokes! Yeah, no more dad jokes, as my kids would say. Oh, goodness. Uh, this one came in from Gina. She says she's working on her PhD. Good for you, Gina. Wow. Uh, she's making. She's still trying to make time for rest and relaxation, though. And so a little work, a little play. And I'll tell you what, Dr. Gina sounds really good. So good for you for, for keep on keeping on. So this one came in from Tressa. And Tressa's is a little bit different. It makes me wonder if Tressa does this every single year, which might not be a bad idea. She says she recharges by not thinking about school until August hits. She goes to the beach every year. Uh, yeah, every year. Uh, until the end of July, and then when she gets back home, she allows herself to jump into the preparation of getting things together and looking towards this next year. 
that's a great idea. You're kind of cutting yourself off, giving yourself X number of weeks just to say, I'm going to give myself this amount of time to focus on myself, my family, and whatever it else, whatever else needs to happen. Uh, and then really kicking it in full gear a few weeks before the school year or a month before the school year, depending on when your school year starts. That was a great one. Thank you for sharing that, Tressa. On Instagram, AA Up says she's reading professional learning materials, but she's choosing the materials that she gets to read. Maybe unlike what will happen in a school year when an administrator says, hey, we need you to read this, or your district says, we need you to check this out. She likes the luxury of being able to pick and choose what she wants to, which makes a whole lot of sense. And she also is into yoga, restorative yoga, a couple times a week. Thanks again for everybody who who sent uh, who who hooked up with us on social media and gave us some of your thoughts. We really appreciate it. And thanks. If we didn't get to your comment, maybe we'll be able to hit to, hit it the next time. And uh, keep them coming in. Hit us up on the hotline. 302-492-5117. We want to hear how you were charging your educational battery, and we'd love to be able to hear your voice added into this show. Uh, it, it's It could definitely be helpful for me because I get tired of listening to myself. So coming up on the rest of the show, you're going to get an opportunity to hear from two really cool kids. Emma, a four-year-old who's just happy and full of life, and Jack, who is a seven-year-old who's great at sports and loves school, and they're both excited about so many things. I think you're really going to enjoy that short interview. You might even say you could get jacked up about it. Ugh. The puns are coming way too easy, folks. Sorry. And we're going to switch to party time after that. And party time is all about how a bacon fire can improve your math skills. Don't try that at home. And we'll finish up with the second part of We Be Jamming. Last week, we talked about Bob Marley and how that helps to set a mood. This week, we're going to talk about how you can use uh, music in the classroom to help you with transitions. The elementary level, transitioning to different, different groups at the high school or middle school level, it might be moving from station to station, or it might even be just switching from activity to activity, using transition music to help you with that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce to you the voice of our class is in session audio drop. He is headed to second grade in the fall, and he loves sports. He's the guest we're jacked up to hear from. Here is Jack. Jack, my man, I'm so happy to have you on today. You are involved with so many different things. I can't wait to hear about it. But we've got to start off with this story about your very first Phillies game you went to, right? Your mom was telling me you got the love for baseball and you yeah. finally got to go to a Phillies game. Tell me about that. Um, well, I, uh, so, um, we were going to the Phillies game. We, my mom and dad went like so many times. Um, we, and then the, all the way up in like the, the, the sky, like those, those high standings. 
And then this year we'll write in we'll write under the dug we'll write over the dugout of the Phillies. So wow. and then the and then the lucky Luke Williams, it was his second time on the Phillies and he hit his first major league home run and with a walk-off. What a walk-off and the game ended. Yeah. Wow, what an amazing game to see. Your mom said you even got a ball. Is that true? Yep. Wow. Did, did you catch it in the field or how'd that work? No. So um, um, the Braves hit a foul ball and um, it was coming down to the stairs, but somebody caught it and then he gave it. And then people in front of us were like, give him the ball. <laughs> Ball. <laughs> they were and like the, chanting for it, huh? And then like um they he gave me the ball and then I so I didn't really catch it, but like I but I like I like um somebody handed it to me. Wow, wow, what it's an amazing my, game. Yeah, and it's it's in my room right now. Nice, nice man, that's fantastic. I'm so glad you got to go. What an experience. You know, I've been going to baseball games a long time, including I've been to some Phillies games. I have never even come close to getting a ball. You are so lucky to get one, man. That is good stuff. So thanks so much for jumping on. I want to talk just a little bit about school with you, if that's all right. Yeah. So last year was just crazy. And even a little bit the year before. Do you yeah. remember when we were just remote? All the schools were just remote and you couldn't oh, go to yeah. school. What do you think yeah, about that? It was really sad. Um, I, I was really happy because like I can stay home and I like, play and then like all that stuff. I don't have to do just do work at school. But then it started the year and then like hi band like I really want to go to school five days a week and my dream came true. So next year I'm gonna be going five days a week. Oh man, your dream came true. That is well said, Jack. So what is it that you missed about school when, when you weren't able to actually go to physical school every day? Well, what I missed about school was, like, I didn't see my teachers. And, like, I didn't see my friends. And I didn't, like, walk in school and I can play on the playground. That's what happened last year. I didn't be able to go on the playground. And then towards the end of the year, I was able to play on the playground because it, like, when it was, like, teacher appreciation day. We, my teacher was like, you love us so much. And we were like, yeah. And then she was like, you get to play on the playground. Oh, yeah. You know what? When I was your age, recess was my favorite part of school. If I was still in school, it'd still be my favorite part. What's your favorite part of school? Is it recess or something else? Well, um, I they call it essential arts at my school, but um, maybe not everybody else because I heard some schools that don't say it, but it's essential arts. And like every day I have one, like Monday's art, Tuesday's PE, Wednesday's music, Thursdays, um, mindful PE when you when you have some PE and then you relax and then Friday's library and what I really like is PE. Yeah, PE is fun, huh? Especially if you're into sports like you are, right? Mm -hmm. So I know you were into all kinds of sports, Jack. Your mom was kind of running down a few a few of the sports that you're interested in. Tell tell the listeners what sports you like. I used to like football. I used to be obsessed with football. But when I was a baby, I used to love, love basketball. And I used to, there was like a toy basketball hoop in the basement. 
and I played with it before. And then when I was when the football year was just ending, um, last year, um, I was getting into basketball, and then I was like, you know what? Let's get into baseball, and I love baseball now. <laughs> love it. It I'm sounds whatever you try, you fall in love with. Is that true? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's great, man. And you're in, the, you know, and here's the other thing that your mom had mentioned to me previously was that you saved up some money to even have like a football field painted in your backyard. Is that true? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. I did save up my money. Well, I didn't really say, I, I did save up my money for a bass, a uh, um, uh, um, football field in the backyard. Um, and then and then I saved up my money for $100. And you know what I got? What'd you get? A basketball hoop. A basketball hoop? Uh-huh. Wow. Man, you are, you are a, a real economist. You are saving money left and right, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack, I know you've got things to do today. I've got one more question for you, Jack. Mm -hmm. So if you could thank your teacher from this last year, what would you say to her? Um, I would say thank you. Uh, I was telling my mom about this and like, thank you so much for having me um, in your class this year. And um, I really thank you for making me long. Oh, that's good stuff, Jack. That's good stuff. Thank you, Jack, for giving me a few minutes of your time. All right. You're doing yeah. amazing things, bud. Second grade. Here you come. Thanks for your time, buddy. We are excited to have the voice of the Party Time Audio Drop here on our show today. She loves Frozen, and she's headed to the four-year-old pre-K class in the fall. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce you to Emma. How you been? Good. Doing good? Summer going good? Uh-huh. Yeah? What have you been up to this summer? I know you've gone to the uh, beach some. I, I've been into my new water slide. You got a water slide? Yeah, a new one. Oh, man, that is awesome. It's actually called a water park. A water park? You've got a whole water park? Uh -huh. Wow, that is so, awesome. Some people said, some people said when they come to our house and went on the water slide, the new one. And I asked, do you know what this really is? And and he said he and it's it and he said yes. And then I said water park and he's like, no, it's not a water park. <laughs> All right, Emma, that is good stuff. Emma, you gotta tell me about Frozen. I know you love it so much. What is it that you like about Frozen? Elsa. I'm a big Olaf kind of guy myself, but Frozen is pretty spectacular. That is great. So Elsa's your favorite character then. Do you like Olaf too? Yes. Yeah, you like Olaf. I've got a couple quick questions for you about school. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. So you're four years old now and you're headed to the big four-year-old pre-K class. Here's my question. Do they give you snacks when you're there? Yeah. Do, now, I know you like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Do they give you Cinnamon Toast Crunch? No. My mom packs me. Mom, your mom packs you. What, what kind of snacks do you like to have? Um, 
Um, Pringles. Oh, 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 Pringles. I love a good Pringle. Do you like the just the regular flavor? Or do you like the crazy stuff like the barbecue and pizza and stuff? I, I like the really the real one. The Jack, re- all of them. Jack likes all of them, huh? That is wonderful. My goodness. So here's my other question about pre-K. It's been a long time since I had to go to preschool, right? So, it, hmm, do they still do nap time at preschool? No. There's no nap time? No. Only you're in a little school, you're in nap time. Oh, gotcha. If, so no- if, if you're not big, and if you're only this big and you're in small, you can do nap. But if you're bigger, you can't do that. Gotcha, gotcha. When I was in, one time when I was in my school, my my older school, um, I napped. Oh, do you like napping or no? Yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> you like a good nap. That's funny. Okay, so here's my question for you. If you could tell your teachers last year, if you could thank them, what would you say to them, Emma? Bye. You would say goodbye. <laughs> would you say thank you to them? Mm-hmm. Okay, you'd say thank you and goodbye. Oh, you're so silly. Emma, you are a joy to have on. I know you love Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I know you love Frozen. You're going to love pre-K in the four-year-old class this year, I bet. Thanks, Emma. Let me get us out of here. Jack and Emma, do you have one final message for our audience? Class is dismissed. (laughs) Nailed it. So they're pretty great kids, right? My goodness, they're they're so full of life and they're fun kids and I just love how they exude joy and happiness about school and everything else that's happening in their lives. Thank you so much, Jack and Emma. I appreciate you both. Coming up, how a bacon fire can help you with your math. Stay tuned. Party time. In this edition of Party Time, I'm going to share with you how a, a story about a bacon fire produced many, many math lessons, which sounds absolutely ludicrous, but I think most of our discussions during Party Time probably will be. I'm going to take you back to my early years, my earlier years as a teacher. I was also a soccer coach at the high school. I did that for about 13 years. I'm specifically going to take you back to one Saturday morning. Going backwards in time, on one Saturday morning, we used to do Saturday morning practices, which I loved. It was like 8 to 11. I'm not sure the players loved it all that much, to be honest with you, but I really enjoyed it. Getting out there, I knew it was going to be an awesome Saturday because I was going to start my day with a practice on a Saturday morning in the fall. I think this day was like... It was like late September, crisp where we're at in Delaware at that time. And I was going to get to come home. I was going to watch college football, and I'm a college football junkie. And I, I, I had my day all set up for me. It was going to be low-key, you know, practice in the morning, and low-key the rest of the day was going to be great. So I went to practice in the morning. We had a great session with our boys. And then I came home, and I was super excited 
to put my feet up and relax, watch the football game. I had a can of, of soda. I had a sandwich. Life was good. And then it got better. As at somewhere in like the first half of that football game, I could smell this aroma coming from our kitchen. And I knew what it was. It was these special bacon treats my wife would make where she'd wrap them in bacon with around these crackers. Awesome. Like some of the greatest things I'd ever eaten. My day got better. And then a few minutes later, that sweet aroma turned into more of a smoky fragrance. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, I better go check and see what that is. I walk out to the kitchen And sure enough, smoke was coming out of the oven. So I pulled the oven open and I saw flames. To me, it looked like a volcano was erupting. (laughs) In my head, it was like sirens going off in my head. It was probably just a couple small little flames. I had never experienced a grease fire before, though. This was my first time. So I did what every average, knowledgeable man would do. I called to my wife for help. (laughs) And she came running. And she said, oh, okay, Uh, call the fire department. Not a problem. Should be able to handle that. Except I was like, uh, uh, what's the phone number? What's the phone number for the fire department? And I went up to where at that time, you know, we didn't have, everybody didn't have all these cell phones. So, you know, I went up to on the, on the fridge where all of our, our phone, special phone numbers were listed, grandparents, aunts, uncles, and, you know, and anything else. And I'm looking for the fire department. She goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm looking for the phone number for the fire department. She said, 911. It's 911. I knew that. I've taught that lesson to my kids many, many, many times. But on that specific occasion, when the little flickers of flame were going and I saw volcanoes erupting, uh, my brain was not thinking clearly. And so at some point there, I actually slowed my thought process down and thought, hold on a second, I don't need to call the fire department. We've got a fire extinguisher. So I quick ran to the closet and I grabbed this box with this little fire extinguisher. And my wife said, great idea, pull that thing out. So I did. I pulled it out. And she said, go ahead. I said, I don't know how to use it. I don't know what I'm doing. And she said, read the directions. So she grabbed the box. (laughs) She said, pull this pin, hit that. And I did it. And I put the fire out. (sighs) People... I would like to tell you that I should always know the phone number for emergency. 911's not a tough one. And yes, even I know that. However, in this particular case, I was not able to function and think clearly. And I I followed that up with an issue with the fire extinguisher. Thankfully, you know, we were able to put the fire out no harm. It's interesting, my wife has never made those special treats since, but we made it out. So what on earth does that have to do with math? Not a lot. Maybe this. 
I will tell you this. From that moment on, that was my first math lesson that I taught in either second grade, third grade, fourth grade, or fifth grade on the first or second day of school, the very first math lesson of the year. Sounds ridiculous, right? I would really drive up the drama. I would bring in all... (laughs) I would bring up the level, and I would try to get students jacked up about this massive story that I would tell them about these bacon treats that were on fire, all for one main reason. I wanted them to know your brain does not function well when there is stress. And even at that age, you know, what I learned early on in my years of teaching was that so many kids come to you thinking, I can't do math. I tried this. It didn't work. I tried that. It didn't work. I can't do math. And it takes a lot to break what's called the math myth. You know, the math myth, if I were to take like a room full, uh, auditorium filled with adults and say, how many of you are not math people? We'd get a boatload of people raise their hands like they wear it with a badge of honor right like i am not a math person and i will raise my hand and i am proud of it and i get it right like it's easier to do that than to say uh i'll try this and i know i'm not good but i'm gonna keep trying so people just kind of well they adapt and they figure out i'm not a math person that's what they grow to think at least it is interesting though we did the same kind of poll with reading. I'm not sure we'd have as many people proudly raise their hand saying, I am not a reading person, but that's, you know, another discussion. So specific to math, I would tell students that, you know, so many of you think you can't do math, but you need to wipe the slate clean. Start this year fresh and let's just try. Let's just try. And that actually turned into a bigger discussion. It turned into a more life lesson about stress and how you just need to calm yourself down and self-regulate. You know, in times of stress, and there's a bigger, bigger lesson in this I'm not diving into about trauma and the effects of trauma on your brain, but when you're stressed out, you just don't think clearly. The vast majority of people don't, and I certainly didn't. I mean, I'd like to think I know 911, but I didn't that day, right? And so for you, what does that mean for your classroom? Just understand, you know, stress, when kids are under stress, it's going to be hard for them to function. Are there some little things that you can do to help them out? Maybe alleviate some stress, whether it be humor in the classroom, whether it be, you know, breathing, any kinds of, of, you know, things that would help with mental health. Uh, Try to take some of the steam off for kids. That can help. And then also, you know, just building that relationship with them so you can have conversations when you think they might be stressed out about something. So there you have it. A bacon fire led to many, many, many math lessons over many years. In the classroom... You can use music to set a mood. We talked about that in the first part of We Be Jamming in Celebration 1. Today I want to touch real quick on using music for transitions. You know, if I want to switch from one topic to another, I might slide something quick in. And it kind of sets a brain, right? So it gives students an opportunity to understand, hey, we're shifting a little bit. The other piece is 
You, you can switch from activity to activity using maybe a longer clip of transitional music. Now, when I say transitional music, that's not a specific kind of music. It just it could be anything. It could be timed out. If I want to give a student in a high school chemistry class one minute to go from their lab back to whatever activity they're going to do next, maybe I've found something that gives me like a minute clip of music. And if I play that multiple times... Over the course of those time periods, those students are going to get used to that music. It's going to help them shift from one activity to the next, and they're going to understand, oh, I've got this amount of time. If I'm in the elementary classroom, I can use transitions for a variety of things, right? I've seen students uh, enjoy, like, math songs while they transition to different math groups, for example. So you can use music to help students transition. You want to know why that's really important? Not every student transitions well. Students with autism, transitioning can be a real challenge. Students with ADHD, many of them have an ability, have an ability to hyper-focus on something, which means once they're interested in it, they lock in, and it's tough for them to pull away. And so sometimes the use of transition music can help you switch from one activity to the next. Wow, you're still here. I'm glad you are, but I'm a little bit surprised. Thanks for sticking around. I want to remind you, you can hook up with us at Exhaust Educator, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, but you can also engage with us in the comments down below on YouTube. We would love to hear your voice, and speaking of hearing your voice, we would love to have some voicemails so we can bring on some audiogram messages to play for our audience about how you are recharging your educational battery. And you can do that by calling our exhausted hotline, 302-492-5117. Have your voice be heard so we can share it on upcoming episodes. It would be great if you did. We also want you to know we're not going to be the kind of channel that beats our chest about getting getting a certain number of subscribers. That's not going to be our game. However... The best way for you to find out when new content drops is going to be by subscribing, whether it's on YouTube or whatever audio podcast platform you're on, because I would love to tell you that we're going to produce a new episode every two weeks like clockwork, but, well, life happens sometimes, and I don't know. We'll see what happens. Anyway, if you subscribe, you're usually going to be able to figure out when we got new content. Finally, and most importantly, since helping's hard, take care of yourself so you can take care of them. In the meantime, we're going to work on just trying to not be horrible. Have a great one. Thanks for stopping by. Party time! It's like, sirens are going off in my head! We're going to try to just not be horrible. I'm watching you, exhausting entertainers. Always watching. Last Christmas. <laughs>